Thanks for tuning in to Sunday Recap, a weekly edition of the Grace Bible Church podcast where we talk about life and faith based off of our sermon this past Sunday. For more sermons and podcasts, visit begrace.org slash podcast. For more information about Grace Bible Church, visit begrace.org. I'm Joey Colon, assistant pastor here at Grace Bible Church. I'm Chris Webster, assistant pastor of Banjos and Carrier Pigeons. I'm Dave McMurray, preaching pastor. I feel like I feel like Chris practices those and Dave doesn't. I just thought it up like two seconds ago. That was really good. Thank on you. The spot. Thank you. Uh, yeah, that's our shtick. That's all we got. <laughs> right, well, thanks for tuning in to Sunday Recap. Um, now we're on. What did we say? Episode four mm. of the Joseph stories this week was from Genesis chapter forty, a story of Joseph in prison uh, when the cupbearer and when the Chief Bread Baker, what is he actually called? Baked Breader. The butler. When butler he, and Baker. When they both get thrown into prison, mm-hmm. and that's our story this week. Kind of, I was saying over lunch today that, speaking of which, we're recording in the afternoon for the first time, so mm. you might not have as much sleepy voices mm. on the podcast, but maybe you will. I don't know. More. I could use I could use a nap. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but um, what was I saying? I don't even we, know what I was we saying. We relationally developed by by mountain biking in Georgetown. It was awesome. Mm. Yeah, okay. You want to talk about bike. mountain Side. biking? I just saying. So this t- yeah, it was wasn't fun. technically mountain biking. I guess it was trail biking. Trail yeah. biking. Um, when he said we're going to be riding down the San Gabriel River, I thought, oh, so for context, I grew up in Southern California. San Gabriel River is also in Southern California, <laughs> but it is a cement river, and there's mm. bike paths on either side. Ooh. It's like super flat. Elevated mm. above the like mm-hmm. like Terminator concrete river. I don't know. Probably. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. I haven't seen Terminator in a long time, but I'm mm-hmm. assuming that's probably filmed in Southern California. But so the bike mm-hmm. path is elevated, you know, and there's a slope that goes down to the river, and mm-hmm. you ride your bikes on there, and you could ride all the way to the beach from you know wherever you're at, but it's just flat. So I was like, oh well, we're just riding or whatever. And then Jim shows up with helmets, and I said, why do we need helmets if we're just riding? <laughs> you know, never. So to be fair. It was not horrible, but I didn't have a, a excellent experience. I'm kind of out of shape. It's been a while since I've ridden a bike. I think the last mm. time I rode a bike was in Italy in probably 2014 or 15, maybe. Whoa. It's been a while. Mm. In Florence, Italy. I think, was the last time I rode a bike. Huh. That's a high bar to, yeah. to put on. I've never, <laughs> Texas. I've never ever <laughs> ridden a bike in Italy. So, Well, there's a first time for everything. Yes. Um, that reminds me of Joseph and the Joseph <laughs> story. Yes. Yes. Well, we're, we're, we are uh, in the middle of the Joseph story. We're in Genesis chapter 40. Uh, I was telling Dave over lunch today uh, that it kind of feels like an interlude, and I wasn't really mm. sure, Yeah. you know, what are we going to talk about? What's, what's going to mm. be the thing? I was almost thinking as he was giving a sermon, like, man, this is kind of hard to mm-hmm. get something out of this part of the story because it's just... You know, yeah. a couple people get thrown in prison with Joseph. Mm-hmm. A couple dreams happen. Joseph tells them about it, says, "Remember me," and they mm-hmm. don't. Like, it's a setup for the things that are coming later. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, great! Spoiler alert again. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so maybe Chris, will you tell us? You have all the main points written down. I know the first one is Joseph, or the overarching one is Joseph waits. That was the big idea. And then uh, Joseph, I was going to guess, but I won't even do it. Joseph yeah. observes or watches. Yeah, it's good. Close. Yeah, Joseph pays attention. Um, and then Joseph helps. 
and then Joseph is forgotten. Cliffhanger again. Mm. Yeah. I was struck with how, how beautiful it was. So good work, Dave, I think. Yeah. So let's start back at the beginning. Joseph pays attention. Joseph so, pays attention. So tell us so about that. So overarching today is Joseph waits. Yeah. So mm-hmm. waiting mm-hmm. in the pit. Yeah. Yep. Uh, in the prison pit this time. Yeah. I tried to. I tried to come back around since it was a kind of a shorter section and it was a little bit of an interlude. I tried to come back around on some of the literary echoes and talk about that because previous week I didn't hit that as much. Um, so just yeah, talked about how he was thrown in a pit and had his robe stripped off, and then again he was. As robe stripped off and was thrown in a pit, and there's some echoes that are supposed to, I think, make us pay attention to the story, mm. and wake up and go, oh, this sounds familiar. Mm. Um, and so I tried to emphasize that, but it's long waiting. There's this period of 11 years when you do the math between uh, him being in Potiphar's house and him being in prison. Altogether, it's 11 years. We don't know exactly which, you know, how much time he's in which. So place. from being sold in slavery to mm-hmm. the story at the end, where. Yeah. Whatever happens in the mm-hmm. end happens. We won't do any spoilers. Yeah, no spoilers. But it's, it's a long wait. It's a long time. And I think the repetition also helped people to see or to notice that it's like the same things keep happening again. I was talking to a friend the other day who was going through hard things, and that was his feeling. Like, why do these things keep happening to me? You know, I think, mm. so I think that kind of reflects how we feel often when we're going through hard times. So that's the big idea. Joseph waits. Yeah, Joseph waits. So then, then your first point is Joseph pays attention. So what was what was that all about? Well, I mean, I was struck by how he is still acting in a loving, serving, godly manner. You know, the he's imaging God. He's serving people um, in that position where he could have kind of checked out. He could have gotten cynical. But he's very engaged, you know, like he's taking his job seriously, even though his job is a result of, again, abuse and betrayal and all these things. But he's taking it seriously and he's paying attention. He was given watch over the cupbearer and the baker and he's attending to them. But he notices that they're feeling bad. He sees it on their faces. He asks them about it. And I think that struck me personally because I know I feel like sometimes – I've in the past excused myself to just do minimal service to people, you know, like just think, oh, this is, you know, this is the basic thing I have to do, but I don't really go the extra mile to care for people as I should. And so that, that was convicting to me personally. I was, I was struck. We were talking in small group about it some too. And just like how you see that pattern of him paying attention to others show up even before that with mm-hmm. his response to Potiphar's wife. He, he doesn't say just say, this will make me look bad. Or, you know, he's very mm. much focused, even as he's talking to her, he's saying, how can I do this to my master who has trusted me with all these things? Kind of like, this will break his heart. Don't you realize that? And then he says, and ultimately it's a, a sin against God, um, mm. which makes me think of that summary of the, this sums up the law and the prophets or, or the, uh, the greatest commandment. That's the one mm-hmm. I was thinking, you know. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. So, mm-hmm. love God and love people. Yeah, we see him embodying that. that. Yeah, in a beautiful way. Mm-hmm. Well, I thought also it was good to remember in context of what we talked about with Joseph already that mm-hmm. you know the reason he's able to do that is because he trusts that God's still with him. You mm-hmm. know, even yeah. even in the pit, God is with Joseph, and he yeah. hasn't forgotten that. Mm-hmm. I think you talked about it some in your sermon, but yeah. it's been coming up over and over too that. You know, part of it is because he he had from Abraham, from Isaac, from Jacob, mm-hmm. you know, uh, 
He'd been told the stories of, of God's promise, the stories of God's faithfulness. Mm-hmm. And so now he's he's trusting that God will be faithful, that God will bring mm-hmm. to fruition the dream that fruition. Did I say that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Close enough. Close enough. <laughs> no judgment. Um, but that, that God will bring it to pass what he's, he's promised mm-hmm. even to him through his dream. Mm-hmm. So I thought this was an interesting section because we've heard about Joseph's dream and, and how he's trusting that God will bring that to pass even though he's in the pit again. Mm-hmm. And now it's a section about dreams. Mm-hmm. So, so Joseph is, is, has these people in his care. He sees something's wrong, and he finds out that it's it's dreams. You talked a little bit about dreams. Mm-hmm. Could you talk about... That was a little controversial. Uh-oh. Yeah. I mean, because mm-hmm. we talked about it a little bit, and I tried to make the point that the dreams were not the point. So there's definitely the literary echo. So we start off with Joseph's dreams, and then there, spoiler alert, will be more dreams in the story mm-hmm. of Joseph's life. So many dreams in Egypt. So huh? many dreams. Mm-hmm. But I really felt like the big point... I guess we're moving on now to the second point. Joseph I don't Phillips. know. Sorry, yeah. I just no, was no, talking. No, it's good. It's a, just it's a seamless transition. So I had more seamless. thoughts on the other one, but no, okay. I always speak out of order anyway. Now it's so. not seamless. I'm, uh, <laughs> I broke it. I broke the it. The seam has been ripped. Well, let's see. I had I had a couple of things. So him mm-hmm. paying attention. I th- I think the first thing that struck me was this idea that he rose above his own trouble and helped others that I've just, that's so, um, I think that the temptation is when something bad co- happens to me, I can implode mm-hmm. and become so self absorbed, right? Like mm-hmm. woe is me. And, and just what a, what a fascinating thing that is that, that he, that God allowed him to, um, to look outside himself um, and notice other people's troubles. Mm-hmm. But also I've heard people say that that actually helps you, mm-hmm. you know, when you are feeling the saddest, actually looking around and, and seeing how you can help someone else is, is a way to get out of that deep yeah. sadness too. That um, Anyway, that's just a side note thing, but I think that's good. Well, and, and back to what Joey said, the, the dreams are the sign that God is still interacting with humans. He hasn't abandoned mm. them, I think, to kind of pull it full circle. So without going yeah. to point two, to stay on point yeah, one, that's good. God is the kind of God that speaks to people, and he's with people, you know, and he comes into our lives and the promises he made to the patriarchs. And so, yeah, to tie that back into what you're saying, instead of mm-hmm. us being self-centered, we remember, oh, yeah, God is involved here. Mm. He's actually doing something. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's good. The other thing you said that I really liked um, – was like talking about this compassion and reaching out to others. <laughs> he said something like, if you're bad at this, imitate someone. <laughs> mm. And I, that was just such a beautiful, like, oh yeah, like it would be amazing to be aware. And we all, I think we, mm-hmm. we have received compassion from others and just kind of often just been blown away by that. But really mm-hmm. to, to categorize that, stick that in my head and say, I should notice more often how they do that and why and when and, mm-hmm. and, copycat that i think that was such mm-hmm. a cool mm-hmm. yeah i was talking about my wife i can just remember having little kids mm. and thinking oh that's weird she knows how to take care of this little thing you know like <laughs> it was just so foreign to me i never spent a lot of time around little kids until i had my own so um yeah just watching her show compassion care for notice our children and really healthy ways uh grew grew me a lot in that skill you mentioned also um there's a book paul miller love walked among us we can probably link that yeah, in the show that's notes. a great book yeah great book yeah i mean i think that's a really helpful resource so for men in general i think 
again, I, you know, I was kind of trying to, well, anyway, I just think in general, not all the time, in general, women do this better, like caring for kids, noticing people, paying attention. And so we see a great manly example in Jesus in the Gospels, and Paul Miller does a good job of kind of drawing that out in Love Walked Among Us. So Joseph pays attention. I thought you did a great job of really unpacking that, and I never noticed that before of, like, not everybody notices when someone else is even bothered, like... It's not super obvious that, oh, something's wrong. And, and then to lead into the Joseph helps, he actually, he didn't just say, oh, yeah, I noticed that something's wrong with you. Good luck with that, buddy. But he actually dives into mm. to find out more and to try to help, right? Yeah. He asks what's wrong. Mm-hmm. That's dangerous. Mm. So you talked a little bit about maybe Joseph's thought process in even approaching them, right? So. Yeah. All right, well, actually, before that, why don't you tell us a little bit about what a cupbearer was and what a, a butler or slash oh, yeah. chief cook was. I had to spend some time up front yeah. talking about that. So, in the ancient world, a cupbearer was not merely a waiter. He did wait on the king, but that role was a ceremonial and security role where he would take a drink of the wine, baker similarly take a taste of the food, and then they would present the food. And so the king, the pharaoh, the emperor, whoever it was in different cultures knew that it was not poisoned. And so this guy usually had a large amount of resources at his disposal. So he was a leader, not merely a server, and he was in the inner court of the king. So it would have been more like a cabinet member or an inner circle advisor, as we would understand that. So two of these inner circle advisors get mm-hmm. thrown into prison with Joseph. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess technically in Potiphar's house or in his yeah. household mm-hmm. in Potiphar's prison. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so they get thrown in there with Joseph. And so you talked a little bit about Joseph's maybe thought process or motivation behind approaching them. Yeah, I mentioned uh, – and I, I tried to emphasize this as I was presenting some of this stuff – Sunday morning, there are some things that we can just kind of imply and think. And I, and I, I believe that stories often are just trying to get you to kind of go down a thought trail or what might be common sense. So I, I believe that it made sense that Joseph thought, oh, this could be a connection. Like this could be a way for me uh, to maybe move on up or get in a better situation. So these were men of great power, men of great influence, even though they were in trouble with Pharaoh. Um, there might have been some kind of uh, motivation to get help because we see later when he does help them, he's like, Oh, could you help me out? Um, Now I think that can come off the wrong way. Like, Oh, he didn't really care to help him. He was just trying to get out of jail. But you know, I don't think it's, I don't think that um, undoes the kindness that he was doing, but I think the reader, maybe it's better to talk about the readers thinking than Joseph thinking. Sure. The reader what, would what notice. might the reader say? Yeah. <laughs> the reader is going to notice, oh, important people in proximity with Joseph. This could be good for him. You know? mm. Well, just the audacity, you unpacked that too, of mm-hmm. thinking he had some way to help. So we're talking about dreams, and you were saying he, he hasn't gone to special dream training school to yeah. interpret or dream interpretation training school. and mm-hmm. um, But you said... Joseph helps because he believes that he has a God who will help him help. And I thought that was, that was yeah. beautiful. Yeah, I think so. Joey and I were talking about this a little bit earlier. It's hard to know exactly what to call it. I made a big deal of just calling that prayer. So I think conceptually prayer is 
we ask God for help. In the story, there's no point where Joseph stops, asks God for help. I'm just trying to make the point that the idea that we don't have what we need, but God does, to me, that is the the foundation of what prayer is, I guess. So, um, so yeah, the, there was a echo I was thinking of in Nehemiah where the king asks Nehemiah what's wrong, and it says he prayed a prayer, and then he responded. So it's like this split-second kind of prayer is the way the story paints it in Nehemiah. So I think that was strongly in the back of my head as I'm seeing the story unfold. Um, but to be fair, the text did not say he prayed, but he did say God God can do what, what people are unable to do. Mm. So. Well, he said that dreams belong to God, basically, right? Yeah. God gives mm-hmm. dreams. Mm-hmm. So in ancient culture, you were saying that dream, um, I don't know, dream interpreter or dream... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Counselor was like an actual role, actual position. Is that? Yeah, it was a highly like, trained science. It was an important thing. There's uh, one of the commentaries I was reading. They've found a bunch of archaeology on it. Some real strict rules how to do it. You know, so it was a very um, maybe you would say regulated, uh, well thought out school of thought. So in these guys' minds, Cupbearer and Baker, you know, they're living in this advanced society, a very wealthy, sophisticated empire, and they're thinking. We're sad because we don't have an interpreter. And Joseph's actually saying the interpretation belongs to God, not just that dreams come from God, but the interpretation that God can do this thing that you don't have the means to find or interpret otherwise. It's hmm. really good. I, I, I just wrote down, it's interesting that in our culture, so, so often we feel like saying I'll pray for you is like a cop out of not doing physical things. And often we, what we mean is I'll pray for you and I never do. But <laughs> I do, I do think at the same time too, sometimes I'll feel that reluctance of like, okay, I'll pray for you when I really mm-hmm. should be, um, you know, calling up a dream counselor to get you, you know, mm-hmm. like, I, mm-hmm. and I just thought that was an interesting, um, thought too, of just like, in this relational um, landscape of we know God, we know the guy who can really help. Mm-hmm. Why don't we ask him? You know, mm-hmm. I love mm-hmm. the way you said that. I was like, and it, and how you you talked about it, feeling so childish when you say it in that way. Like, mm-hmm. hey, you need a thing. I know somebody who gives everything to everybody. Like, mm-hmm. let's go, let's go talk to him. Mm-hmm. Um, I was just struck by that. Like. Um, I think I was reading something. One of our elders writes the prayer tips. Uh, Loris talks, uh, and one, the latest one he wrote just has this quote. I can't remember who it's from, but it says, prayer is the greater work. And mm. just talking about how God's power is much more powerful than any of our, mm-hmm. you know, physical mm-hmm. striving. And so, yeah. Um, yeah. And it's huge. beautiful to see kids pray. You know, I don't know mm. if you're, y'all are struck by that when you're, Kids are like, oh, we could pray for that. And you're mm. thinking, oh, no, we, you know, let's not bother God with that. This is, where <laughs> mm. you, you know, you have some kind of cynical adult view of it. And you're yeah. like, oh, yeah, that's right. I'm supposed to imitate your faith. That's what Jesus said. And so it is a beautiful thing to see kids' posture towards prayer as well. Mm. What about the, I guess, idea that these, these two individuals who are, you know, in the secular court probably have no respect for you know the god of joseph Mm -hmm. and i feel like that's a big push nowadays like people are like don't send me your thoughts and prayers like that's actually that's actually upsetting for me or that's actually like triggering for me Mm -hmm. what do you think about interacting with people who who don't believe 
Like, mm-hmm. would you say I'm praying for you, or let me pray about this, or what do you? What yeah, do you that's think a good that? question. I mean, so the way I think about it right now at this day and time in our culture is, can I pray for you? That's mm. what I say to people a lot of times. If I'm wondering, you know, if it's someone that I think might be weirded out by that, um, and I think often people will say yes. I think people are more turned off by our pushiness than by prayer in general, if that makes sense. I don't know. Maybe not. Mm-hmm. But I, I would recommend just asking, you know, is it okay if I pray for you? Um, I would also recommend then praying for them immediately. Because <laughs> mm, yeah. back to Chris's point, you know, we yeah. say, I'll pray for you, and then we forget about it. Um, that's a habit I've built in. I either pray for them out loud in the moment, or I, if we're passing on the street, I literally pray for them right then. Um so yeah, I think it's good to pray for people in the moment as much as possible. It adds a, a good, healthy, countercultural weirdness factor. That, you know, it's yeah. good. So back to dream interpretation, I guess. Um, all the junior high boys thought, mm-hmm. these dreams are obvious and easy. Mm, yeah. Why would they need a dream interpreter? <laughs> yeah. um, were the dreams obviously? So the first dream we hear about mm-hmm. is the cupbearer's dream. Mm-hmm. And that's obviously the one that Joseph interprets positively, says that he'll mm-hmm. be restored and three days, which happens to be Pharaoh's birthday, mm-hmm. um, that he'll be restored uh, right to Pharaoh's right hand and give mm-hmm. him his cup again. Um, was was the dream actually an easy dream? That's a really Does good it... question. I mean, I, I think it seemed, I kind of agree with the junior high boys. They seemed very simple to me. It seemed like the only question was the three. The, th- the three was like, is it three days? Is it three weeks? Is it, you know, so that uh, everything else though did seem kind of obvious to me too but again I, hindsight's twenty twenty, right <laughs> it's easier yeah. to look back when we know the end of the story i mean so. i replied to them that obviously mm-hmm. it wasn't yeah. obvious because the uh the bread bread baker bread maker oh, yeah he didn't candlestick maker whatever yeah. he was um, <laughs> the, the bread baker thought yeah. oh well that his was interpreted positively so mine yeah. might be too so mm-hmm. he didn't obviously and they were obviously distressed about it so something mm-hmm. about it wasn't obvious and easy yeah i don't know if that's just a weird rabbit trail but that's what they thought. And I was like, huh, that's... Yeah, and that's and that's part of why I tried to make the point that I did, that, that we can get really wrapped up in the interpretation and, okay, how do we, can we, should we start a dream interpretation school and maybe we should dream more and pay attention more to our dream. You know, like, we could get totally sidetracked on that rather than God was speaking to people and God was giving the interpretation to Joseph. Yeah. And that's pretty much it, I think. Those are the main points anyway. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, the whole episode is fascinating to me because cause you think, well, they didn't have any control over what was going to happen next, mm-hmm. and it didn't change anything that they knew what was going to happen next. It still happened. So mm. so it's kind of like if you go to do this time travel thing, you say, well, so the whole point of them having the dream at all and Joseph interpreting was to show God's power and to, you know, like it's, and to show it's a that strange... Joseph was God's man, really, yeah, right? Like yeah. this was an opportunity for God right. to be like, hey, listen to this guy. Right. Because, because mm-hmm. again, it, like it didn't do them much different good to know three mm-hmm. days into the future. So it's like this strange, <laughs> strange mm-hmm. loop. But yeah, God had his purposes and showing that he was active and, and mm-hmm. revealing Joseph as his, as his messenger and. And that yeah. goes back to what Joey was saying earlier about it kind of being an interlude. It's somewhat, this is a setup for mm. what's going to happen next, mm. which we can't tell you. It's a big mm, secret. No, no one is allowed to know. <laughs> Don't you look. Uh. <laughs> we're so bad about pretending like we're not going to give spoilers. And then we do. Um, 
Yeah, I, I just feel uh, that's another. I think that was Paul Miller quote, right? You, you had it on the sign for a while. The, uh, what is the heart? The learned desperation quote. What was that? Uh, learned uh, desperation is at the heart of a praying life. Yeah, and I thought that was that's such an interesting moment of faith for Joseph. If he he believes God can do anything, he steps into this and says. You know, he doesn't even really pro- uh, promise that God will interpret the dream. He just said mm-hmm. he he owns, the, he knows what this mm-hmm. means, and he steps in and he says, he knows he has nothing to offer. Um, and again, it doesn't really say he prayed, but but it is this like this stepping out in faith and this moment of I have nothing to offer. And I thought that was that was such. That's probably the closest to a really direct application there. I think of just like man, when we face um maybe maybe i was trying to think of a parallel for modern times of like psychological issues or mm-hmm. or rela- huge relational issues and you're like i'm not a trained counselor um mm-hmm. you know i don't have something like right now to give you this amazing nugget of wisdom but i know who can or mm-hmm. uh, you know mm-hmm. um and not being afraid to step in that even in a desperate way of saying like i don't i don't have the perfect silver bullet but I can point you in the right direction or I can pray with you or I can point you to scripture and, and offer you that wisdom. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But also not to negate the science or the counselor, like God Mm -hmm. gives us those too. And God, you know, God gave us science. God Mm -hmm. helped people to understand Mm -hmm. how the human brain works and how emotions function and what Enneagram type you are. Like God, (laughs) God gave us those, right? Yeah. Uh, You're you're welcome. You're welcome. (laughs) He did. <laughs> no, but but I mean seriously. Yeah. You know we often negate that, yeah. and we'll be mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. oh well, we'll pray for you, and it's like, well, no, we also can point you yeah. to good. to somebody who yeah. I really who do God know has a good counselor understand as well. This, you know? Yeah. I mean, yeah. we know the greatest counselor, but right. Yeah, no, a, a I think that's a great point, and I think that that is kind of the, the balance. The Christian life is like there. Yeah, there's practical things we can do for people, and we can pray for people, and I think we need to be about about both things. Mm. Good. Okay, so last point. Yeah, I got it written Sorry, down. Sorry, yeah. what was the second point? Joseph helps. Okay. So, yeah, Joseph so pays attention. That. He paid attention. He saw that there was something going on. He stepped in. Joseph helps. And then the last point is Joseph, Joseph is was forgotten. forgotten. God is forgotten. Ugh. Yeah. Joseph is forgotten. Mm. And that's all from one verse, right? From verse 23. Yeah. Basically, when Joseph interprets the cupbearer's dream, he says, hey, remember me when you're back with Pharaoh, when you're mm-hmm. his counselor again. Mm-hmm. And then we read in verse 23 that he forgot him. Yeah. Mm. And so, so, so we know that time is obviously going to pass and Joseph is obviously going to stay in the pit. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's been forgotten. And you, you actually talked about the forgottenness as betrayal, right? Which mm-hmm. tied in a lot with Potiphar's Previous. wife and that story yeah. and that betrayal and joseph Mm -hmm. and his brothers and that betrayal and i Mm -hmm. think in my brain i only thought of joseph and his brothers as betrayal right that's betrayal Mm. from the family yeah but now we're with potiphar's wife and Mm -hmm. that's betrayal too like he was a trusted servant in the house he was betrayed yeah and then now he uh Mm -hmm. he's in prison and it's the betrayal of being forgotten i thought that was really Mm-hmm. Really good that you tied that together because I I wouldn't have have thought of it that same way as betrayal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I th- I think that that's the lesson I'm seeing from the repetitions of terms is is an echo like this keeps happening to me. This keeps happening. You know, people keep letting me down. Maybe a more general way to say that 
but um, there's these loops, you know, there's echoes and things happen in similar ways and people disappoint him again and again. And so, yeah, Hmm. it can be heartbreaking. Again, I was just sitting with a friend a week or so ago, a little over a week, and that's how he was feeling. Similar kinds of heartbreaks have been happening to him over a, a span of about maybe five or 10 years. And uh, it, it, in my mind, as I was praying for him, that really reminded me a lot of what's going on with Joseph. In small group last night, we were talking about it being the waiting period and then that, you know, about 11-year period passing. Mm-hmm. And people were just sharing, like, yeah, I'm, I'm in that right now. Like, I'm yeah. two and a half years into this. I'm four years into this. Like, mm. life's hard, and I'm I'm in that pit. And, mm-hmm. you know, some people were sharing stories of coming out of the pit. I think that's what mm-hmm. your discussion question was for small group. Um, mm-hmm. Something like, you know, when have you been in a period of waiting in despair and not getting out of it? And mm-hmm. Can you share about it? I don't remember exactly what your question was that yeah. you put out to small groups. But mm-hmm. it was based off of that question, and, and some people were saying, like, yeah, I'm in it. And we were so quick to read through, I feel like, chapters, mm-hmm. you know, the story of Joseph. It's only 13 chapters. Let's just read it. Mm-hmm. And then it's gone and done. But yeah. I like that we're taking the story bit by bit. And it's like we're taking 13 weeks to talk about 13 years, more mm-hmm. or less, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of I was thinking in those periods of waiting, there's so much good things that happen that we can't can't see until afterwards but most people who you've seen come out of it if you talk to them they say oh i see all of these ways that god was actually in the process of aligning things um mm. um and i just totally forgot what i was gonna say other <laughs> oh 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 it's interesting too because i think um in these times of crisis and struggle and being in the pit um i noticed that I tend to be tempted to start assigning human attributes to God in those moments, right? He's forgotten, right? That's not mm-hmm. a God. That's not a God attribute. That's mm-hmm. a that's a frail human thing. He's he's left. Where where are you? Um, mm-hmm. That's a yeah. He's not with me anymore. Another human thing. He's just gone off somewhere. And uh, and I think that's you know just such such an important thing to stay in the word and to stay in community and to do waiting in a purposeful way mm-hmm. right i mean again that sounds sounds cliche or or said over and over but but i hopefully that that specific flavor is one of the things that i think why it's important is to remember god is unlike whoever you think he's like mm-hmm. <laughs> in a in a sense mm-hmm. right he's unlike maybe mm-hmm. a, a bad you know, not great dad you had or a not great friend you had or someone who portrayed you or, you know, the person who forgot you in jail. He's not like that. And you need to go back and remember, like you talked about Joseph's ancestors, his grand, his father and grandfather and great-grandfather who had been telling these stories of God's faithfulness. And surely that helped Joseph remember, okay, I'm dealing with someone who's not – I can't just go with my assumption of mm-hmm. – you know, God acts like humans do. So I don't know. That helps me to keep my head on straight when stuff yeah. like that happens. I think that's the bigger lesson of the Joseph stories is, yeah, God is still with you. I mean, that's that was the subtitle we did for the series is God's purposes in a dysfunctional world. Like God is still at work. God's purposes are active. He's moving. He hasn't forgotten you even in those moments when it really, really feels like he has. We were just watching. Um, we did it like a worship team training thing actually a church-wide deal but um we were watching 
a, a theology of worship video, and it's been a fascinating thing. Um, kind of broadly applying some of what he said, I think it can, can kind of apply here too. Of he he uh, he talks about the verse that says um, that Jesus says, "Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also." Hmm. And we tend to read that as um, where I um, what I love, I'll spend money on, which is true. But but specifically, he says it backwards. He says, "Where you're spending your money, your heart will follow." And so there's mm. this interesting there's this interesting pattern. I don't know if you could you could talk to that too a little bit, but it, just this like when you're not feeling it, when you're feeling despair sometimes going through these physical motions of i know how i'm supposed to be you know so in worship Mm -hmm. when i don't feel like worshiping Mm -hmm. sometimes the best thing i can do is to to physically choose to sing louder and my heart follows that or to raise my hands and my heart follows or in this situation right continue to care for people maybe that's that i'm stepping out when i feel completely desperate and wrecked i'm looking around and saying well, I can help that one person with this one thing, yeah. and I'm going to go ahead and do that and and pray and hope that my heart follows that and I feel hope again. Or mm-hmm. um, does that make sense? Yeah, I know that's no, a, like that's very good. way up here thing, but no, I think that's good. And that kind of goes back to the beginning where I was saying Joseph noticed people. We're not really good at noticing people. Hey, just try. You know, <laughs> take <laughs> yeah, a step. Yeah. You might see this person next to you that's good at it. Mm-hmm. Imitate them and start noticing people and paying attention and. Trying to help people, yeah, going through the motions. I think with prayer, we we pray even though it feels hugely risky to me when I, especially if I want to pray for a non-believer, I feel that feels really dangerous to me because, like, well, what if God doesn't answer in the way that makes them believe or that they like or whatever? And I, I just think we have to not worry about how it looks or how it ends up and mm-hmm. go through the motion of just saying, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to pray. Um and back to where we were with this last point, feeling forgotten, we can go through the motions of reminding ourselves, oh yeah, God has remembered his covenant in the past in these different ways. And I was uh, suggesting that that's maybe what Joseph was rehearsing. You know, we don't know. Again, the text doesn't really tell us, but we know he was told those stories. We know that um, the stories were passed on and he was familiar with them. And so he could think about stories that you know Jacob had gotten the vision of of Jacob's ladder and Isaac had seen the you know the ram that was provided as a sacrifice and Abraham was given the smoking fire pot covenant vision you know just all these different uh, places where God broke in and reminded them that that he was there I think that's what spiritual disciplines are at some level mm-hmm. is going through the motions of doing what Jesus asked us to do remembering what Jesus said, remembering that he loves us, you know, stepping out in faith to follow him in different ways. I'm going to read Exodus about how God remembers his covenant, even when everybody else forgets. It says, Israel groaned because of their slavery and cried out for help. Their cry for rescue from slavery came up to God, and God heard their groaning, and God remembered his covenant with Abraham, with Isaac, and with Jacob. God saw the people of Israel, and God knew Exodus 2, 23-25. Talking about God's reminding them of his covenant. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And this is post-Joseph. Post-Joseph. It's just a reminder, when we feel forgotten, the Israelites felt completely forgotten. They'd now been in 
Egypt for hundreds of years after Joseph. And they were suffering and they cried out to God and God remembered his covenant. He saw, he knew. They were not forgotten. Thanks for tuning in. You've been listening to Sunday Recap, a weekly edition of the Grace Bible Church podcast where we talk about life and faith based off of our sermon this past Sunday. For more sermons and podcasts, visit begrace.org slash podcast. For more information about Grace Bible Church, visit begrace.org. Chocolate day. Chocolate day. Chocolate day. We're so lame. This is how I breathe. Chocolate day. Gotta sing out of the corner of your mouth too. Okay. All right. So you get the tone. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, so Beautiful. Glad. Man. Yeah. Just just post that. That's all we need.